This is Aminta, and you are listening to the Community Partners for Healthy Streams podcast. Here, we feature a new topic every month on different ways you can help prevent water pollution and conserve water at work. We've talked about catch basins, detention ponds, and retention ponds, all examples of stormwater infrastructure. These are specific parts often meticulously designed and engineered to control the flow of stormwater during a rain event. Many of us may manage, own, or work in a building where a stormwater control structure is a prominent part of the exterior landscape. And private businesses, much like residential homeowners, either maintain their landscapes on their own or, more often than not, work alongside a skilled landscape contractor or professional. What should we clearly communicate with them when it comes to stormwater management? Today, I happily welcome back Adam Sukunik to the podcast series. Adam is a stormwater compliance supervisor here at Cobb County Water System. Welcome back, Adam. Thanks. It's great to be here again. All right. Now that we've covered in this podcast series a few examples of stormwater infrastructure, like catch basins, detention ponds, and retention ponds, I know that's not all there is to it, right? Are there other common examples you can point out that our listeners might have on their landscapes? Yeah, sure. Our landscapes often vary in size, purpose, and level of development. So think your yard versus the local shopping center versus the mall. What this means for stormwater is there is no one type of management system that will suit all types of situations. Let's start off with catch basins. You see them by the street curbs or in parking lots. Catch basins are inlet control structures where stormwater flows in from the street and discharges either into a detention basin or a local waterway. What if you have a significant amount of unpaved landscape on your property? Could you give us some examples of stormwater systems that can be commonly found? A very common example is a stormwater ditch or a culvert or a swale. We use the terms interchangeably. These are typically narrow channels or shallow depressions through the landscape, though they can be larger, and they're used for drainage alongside low-lying areas, backyards, or even some roads. Usually they're vegetated, but they can be lined with rock and look like a dry riverbed. So why is the lowly stormwater ditch just as important to take care of as a retention pond, for instance? A stormwater ditch in your yard keeps water from pooling on your property, so that's a good thing. Along the road, a ditch helps drain water away from the driving surface. Once water is in the ditch, the vegetation helps slow water down, allows some absorption into the soil, and provides time for pollutants to settle or be filtered before reaching our streams and creeks. If ditches are neglected, polluted with trash, collecting debris, or overgrown with vegetation, it could impede the flow of water and cause the very flooding they're trying to prevent. What should we include in our talks to our landscape professionals about maintaining these ditches? In general, as with all stormwater control structures, I recommend first inspecting the ditch after a large rainstorm to make sure it's draining properly. You can inspect it both on your own or with your landscape professional. If it isn't draining properly, you may need to check the ditch's path, particularly the inflow and outflow structures for any obstructions. Trash, excess sediment, and debris should be removed if observed. If vegetation is getting overgrown, I would recommend trimming and regular maintenance. Clippings and larger vegetative waste should be bagged and properly disposed of, or they can be composted. Proper disposal methods are an important point to clarify when speaking with your landscape professional. 
This is also important in the fall when leaf blowers are used. Make sure landscapers don't blow leaves directly into the ditch or into the catch basin. Let's shift to a potentially larger stormwater structure. Some of our listeners may actually have an open stream channel passing through or adjacent to their property. Yes, a stream channel, in a very basic and functional sense, is a path for water to flow between two stream banks. Healthy streams support habitat for both aquatic and terrestrial wildlife, so it's vital that we maintain them to promote good water quality. How does a typically healthy stream compare to an unhealthy one? In an urban environment, healthy streams are at risk of being damaged from an accumulation of pollutants such as trash, motor oil, and pet waste. A typical urban stream may have a deepened and straight channel that increases flow rates and creates very fast-moving water with a lot of destructive force. However, in respect to our discussion about stormwater, less obvious conditions, like a heavily eroded bank with a lack of vegetation, is also a bad sign. A typical urban stream may have a deepened and straight channel. That increases flow rates and creates very fast-moving water with a lot of destructive force. In-stream features like pools and riffles will be lost. This is critical because deep pools of slow-moving water and faster riffles containing river rocks and gravel are habitats for macroinvertebrates and fish. A healthy stream should have a variety of habitats as well as a healthy stream buffer with 25 to 50 feet of natural vegetation along both sides. What are some ways that we can help maintain our stream channels? That's a bit difficult to answer because there's so many variables, but in general, there are a lot of things you can do by yourself or with your landscaper. The first step is to protect the stream channel by keeping it natural, clearing out accumulated debris and not dumping yard waste on the stream banks or any other place where it could be picked up and washed away during high flow events. I highly recommend you take the time to inspect your stream after big rain events. This helps you understand what's happening during high level flows. Are the banks well vegetated? Are they low and sloping? Or are they eroding? Do they drop straight into a deep channel? Is any part of the stream bank damaged to the point that it's in danger of collapsing? If your stream bank's damage is mild, you can prevent it from worsening by stabilizing with rock, followed by some appropriate plantings, which your landscape contractor may be able to assist with. If your stream channel is severely damaged and you're about to lose ground to erosion, you may need to speak to a certified stormwater professional to assist you. Also, make sure that you communicate to anyone you hire the importance of maintaining an adequate stream buffer with vegetation. Lawns that end right at the edge of the stream bank can result in serious erosion and loss of property along the stream side. This also means a loss of potential habitat for local wildlife. You want to do all you can to preserve the natural conditions of your stream and enjoy it as nature intended it to be. And enjoy it we will. Thank you so much, Adam, for your advice and your expertise, as always. It might seem daunting at first, but we hope you can start some educational dialogue and visual walkthroughs, whether it be with you, the people that you work with, or your landscape professionals. Let them understand how much you value the maintenance and protection of your stormwater structures and give them concrete practices that they can start implementing for you today. We'll see you all next month, same day, same time, with a new topic. Bye! The intro and outro music titled Easy Living is by Agnes Falmagia under the Creative Commons 4 license. To visit online, go to filmmusic.io slash song slash 6832-easy-living. And for the license, go to creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0.